Welcome to Don't Stand on the Footrest. Today I'm with Kellen Mataafa of Zephyr Barber in Birmingham, Alabama. We go over everything from opening a new barbershop and the challenges that come with it, self-growth as barbershop owners and operators, in-house education curriculums, and more. Hope you enjoy. Tell me a little bit about Zephyr and kind of like, because you, you didn't open it too long ago, right? It was... Yeah, it's brand new. Yeah. Year, maybe? Or, uh-huh. right. Yeah, so, no. A background about you and the shop. Yeah, for me, I I, I, uh, I grew up in Southern California. I'll start there. I grew up in Southern California. Um, and my brother got a scholarship to play football up at North Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, we had never heard anything about North Alabama or Alabama. In my head, anybody that lived in Alabama was just like people who didn't wear shoes and they didn't have real <laughs> roads and everybody's married to their sister. I, yeah. I like, I hate that stereotype now, now that I live here, cause it's just yeah. so annoying. But at the time I'm like, I look back and I'm like, Oh yeah. Like I, for sure, you know, Beverly Hill, Hillbillies or whatever it was, right, like right. that was my stereotype of this state. And so, um, he got a scholarship to play f- football here at UNA. And then, um, just by visiting a couple of times, uh, I was just, I wanted to, I, I played football my freshman year of college at a junior college in California. Mm-hmm. And after that, I just decided not to play anymore. And, um, I wanted to transfer to a school out of, out of state. And so I wanted to go somewhere that was new. Um, and my brother was living in North, North Alabama and UNA had cheap out of state tuition. So that's how I, I ended up here in the state of Alabama. Um, and I studied finance at UNA, got my bachelor's in finance. Nice. Um, during my senior year of college though, I started giving friends haircuts. And so for fun, my best friend and I were both in coffee. He and I were planning opening up, opening up a coffee shop after college. Um, and he came to me and, and up in Florence, Alabama is where Greasy Hands Barbershop started um, with uh, by a guy named Austin Shirey, who you and I partnered actually on this shop, um, nice. Zephyr. And so um, my friend came to me and he was like, dude, I don't know if I want to do coffee anymore. I think I want to go to barber school. Um, I'm like, barber school? Like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I just started giving friends haircuts, you know, buzz cuts that were taking an hour and a half because I'm just so nervous. and. <laughs> I think what I came to find out was like working at coffee shops and doing latte art and yeah. doing a lot of stuff with my hands, yep. but also working with, um, you know, just customers at grocery stores um, yeah, the hospitality. And, just, and just constantly having a new conversation and like meeting new people. I think it all kind of came to a, to a center when I started cutting hair. Um, yeah. even if, even though I wasn't good at it, I was still enjoying the conversation and the, and like I was kind of getting, um, hooked on like getting better at latte art or at latte art and then at cutting hair. And so I was like kind of getting obsessive about getting better at it. Like, so I, I uh, started cutting hair and Austin from Greasy Hands was like, Hey, like we want to open up more shops. If you guys are interested in taking this for real. Um, yeah. So like for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to finish college. And so I graduated college and then um, got sent to Tuscaloosa and worked at halfway or part-time at a coffee shop next door. Mm-hmm. And then part time at Greasy Hands, and then was there mostly working part time at Greasy Hands until I moved to Birmingham. Uh, when I moved to Birmingham, Jefferson County here in in Birmingham, um, or Birmingham's in Jefferson County, um, you have to hold your barber's license for two years, Jefferson County license before you can own a shop. Oh, huh. but it's just been so like hard to break into this market. And so for me, when I moved to Birmingham, I was like, we had been trying so hard to like try and find loopholes. And like, we were, I was even talking to like state representatives. I'm like, this is just bull crap. Like I cut hair. Like we need to be able to 
get in and open up a barbershop here. Like there's gotta be a way. And, and honestly, I just came to a point where I'm like, bump that. I'm just going to go to school and get 1500 hours because yeah. at that point I had like, I was working at in Tuscaloosa because like the, the, though the cosmetology board runs the state, like nobody actually regulates anything with barbering. Yeah. And so like a lot of these guys that I worked with in Tuscaloosa, they went to the London school of barbering, you know, which like takes you from zero to hero, mm-hmm. but they couldn't get a license for the state. They wouldn't honor that. And so they were operating um, on their, on their London license and they could get like a different county license just to have some sort of thing. But like the state doesn't actually like come around and regulate it, um, which is weird, but it's just how it is. Um, so I came to Birmingham and went to school here. My school is a joke. It was, you know, you, you go and What's like you show up. Yeah. You show up for three hours. And then like after 10 months, they give you a 1500 hour, like, you know, three, I, I, I probably only went like a total of nine hours a week, like three hours. Jeez. And they yeah. gave me 40 hours a week. Um, kind of in the middle of my two year mark. I was like, Hey, like, I think what I'm realizing is that I want to create my own brand. And yeah. Like, I think that if I get to a point where, you know, I'm going at Greasy Hands, like, I love Greasy Hands and I love everything that it's, like, provided for me. And, like, I love the brand and, like, I love you. And, like, but I think that, like, I'm going to get to a point where I'm, like, building a brand and I'm, like, the person here every day. Yeah. And I'm going to, like, wish that it was, like, something that I felt like I had a hand in creating and, like, building. And so I kind of, like, broke up with Greasy Hands and started pursuing you know, my own thing. And at yeah. the time I didn't have a name. I didn't have anything. I was like, you know, like for the time, I'm just going to say it's Kellen's barbershop, you know, and like, yeah. I'll figure out a name later. Um, and so, you know, I got in contact with, um, a real estate, um, a commercial like uh, broker. And, you know, I was like trying to find loans and like all of this. And it was just like so hard. I think people just like assume you can just like get money and it's like, no, if it's a new company, you really can't. Right. Most independent barbershop owners typically don't have a lot of, I mean, some have investors and you know, whatever, but those that don't, it's like, it's crazy to get money, dude. It's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I I ran into that. Like I was just like, I'm a new business. Yeah. Like I have a clientele and like, I can prove like, Hey, these are the financials that I think that will, you know, as a shop, like I'm like trying to, to these people that are like in the finance world that they're de- how high the demand is for new barbershops and especially like a modern barbershop and like well, how well it would finance, do. I would assume you could probably prove to them way better than me that didn't go to college at all. Well, <laughs> and my, right? my wife is like as an economics major too. And so like yeah. she, and so she's like a wizard when it comes to like Excel and making like forecasted like Excel yeah. sheets and all this. And so she had been like creating all these sheets for me and this like this pitch deck for people and like, it was just so like, oh, all right, well, here's your interest rate. And it's like a thousand percent, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. it's like stupid interest rate. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like running these numbers and I'm like, look, like, I'm going to be honest, like, I don't want my pride. Like, I don't want this, like, this desire of like, just having my own thing to like, put my wife and I at risk, like yeah. financially. And like, I don't want to just be scraping by and like, kind of miserable just for the sake of like having my own brand. Like I just, I knew that was so, I, that was my pride just like yeah. seeping in. And so like, I went back to Austin. I'm like, Hey dude, like, cause Austin, like at that point, like he's got three barbershops. Um, he had opened up Tuscaloosa and Huntsville at that point, like, and they're doing super well. And so like yeah. businesses like that can get, you know, credit lines or whatever. Um, and I'm like, Hey, like, 
I'm kind of at a crossroads right now. Um, and so it was like one morning, dude, I just like, was like, I'm calling Austin today and I'm going to ask him like what he thinks about, yeah. maybe I should just do the greasy hands thing. And, and I, so I, I called him and we were just like, we just had a really great conversation. He's like, dude, like if you, if that's your desire, like, what if we like, what if I partnered with you on your brand? And like, yeah. we didn't do a greasy hands and like, you got to still, you know, have that, you know, building of a brand. And like, we did this together. Yeah. Um, but you have the backing of greasy hands. And like, so for me, I'm like, that's, that's like best of both worlds, you know? Cause yeah. I get a mentor in it too. in Austin, yeah. who's like, he's like, you know, he's such a businessman as well, you know? And, um, and so he's like, he knows, he knows so much about like what he's doing, running a barbershop and he's, he's mm-hmm. ran into problems and he's like failed in a different places and like really been, been really successful in different places. And so I've kind of, not only did I get like a financial partner, but I got like a mentor. Yeah. You know, as we're walking through this whole entire process. Um, and so I was working with a branding agency already um, here in Birmingham called Studio Carnley. But they were like just some like local people. And so for me, I'm like, I want to I want to work with a local um, another person who has a craft and um, that I know personally. And so we work together and like I was like, look, this is my vision for the shop. Like, this is what I want to create. This is the environment that I want to have. Like. Mm this is the direction I want to go. And like, so they were like, and I was like, I don't really know what I want to call it yet. Like, and they're like, well, we can help you with that. And so they pitched like seven different names to me Yeah. in Austin. And um, like Zephyr was like the one like, that like, yeah. was like, that's it. Like, that's the one. Um, Zephyr is a gentle breeze from the West, um, which plays a lot into my story and yeah. coming from California. Um, exactly. It's also just like, gentleness like i wanted to create i knew i wanted to create a space here that was really calming and like almost like almost spa-like in a sense of like i just like i don't don't, i'm not gonna be playing just like heavy metal here um like you know like i've been playing a lot of lo-fi beats and like a lot of just really chill music and um you know it's just you know green is a very calming color um you know it helps and then so I, i wanted to create a really gentle and calming and chill atmosphere in here and so that kind of played into the Zephyr thing as well. And for me also, like I just, um, a lot of barbershop branding has always been very manly and, and very like sharp, you know, like yeah. a lot of barbershops have the, you know, the razor blade blood yeah. dripping, you know, like the right, classic, right. And which is great. Like, I think yeah. that that is a culture and like, that's the beautiful thing about barbershops is like, there's so many different cultures and subcultures and all that. Exactly. So, but for me, I'm like, I just, I want to create, I want to, I want to create a bridge between like this salon world and like this barbershop world and like i want to create a space where like people from all different backgrounds and all different like sexual identities and like different things like that that like can they can come and feel welcome and feel comfortable and feel seen and like and not that like places around here weren't doing that but like that was just intimidating you know what i mean like those right you're mentioning and we have a lot in common as far as like the our shops don't look identical by any means but you're mentioning like the green and kind of that soft space and when you're kind of mentioning some of the old a little harsher kind of branding styles from shops in the past it's like i don't know I, i'm with you 100 i think we're trying to do something very similar in that to me it's more like like it's hard to like hard to say something without insulting the other branding because like you said it's super rad there's nothing wrong with it yeah but it's just kind of like to me evolution of maturity in the barber world it's like just trying not to be old man shop because there are those 
really quote elevated, really high end, almost spa and salon like men's grooming, either salons or barbershops. Yeah. But they're a bit like tacky, fogey corporate feeling and just kind of lame. And like, I feel like from what you mentioned, like, especially us and it sounds like you guys too are trying to kind of sit in the middle ish of that where it's not like hyper masculine and like blood dripping on razors and like tough guy biker shit. Yeah. But it's also not trying to be like old head, just like cutting geezers all day. Right. It's like, like you said, it's a place that's very welcoming to people that, that really everybody that a lot of those other shops can be intimidating. I mean, we've heard that from so many clients that are just like, yeah, I don't know. I've had trouble finding a barbershop because I just don't feel like I belong because I'm gay or I'm trans or something. And you're like, I'm, I'm so sorry you you felt like that. Like every every shop right. that you just mentioned that you felt afraid to go into, like I'm good friends with them. They're very inclusive. Like you shouldn't have, I'm sorry you felt that way, but right. I'm glad you came here because just based on our aesthetics or our website or Instagram and just kind yes. of like some of the things that we've you know, publicly said, you know, you did feel comfortable to come in here and it's awesome. Cause it's like this, again, we're kind of blending the two. Like we're trying to keep pay homage to the past, but then, you know, just the next mature evolution. Right. Of, you know, exactly. And I think like you were saying, like a lot of times it's not the actual people like that are working mm-hmm. there. It's like, it's sometimes it's just the environment. It's just yeah. the space. And like, that's why I think it's so important, you know, whether you're designing a coffee shop or, you're designing a barbershop or just ran any, any business, like the actual space and like the way that you curate your space really affects people and how, and like hundred percent the people that are working there might be the most open, like welcoming people ever. But like, yeah. if it's such like a dark, you know, manly space, like some, some people who might feel uncomfortable or they might feel like intimidated yeah. or they like, and so like for me, I'm like, I want to fight against the pretentious side of things too. And so yeah. like, you know, and because like that's what that's what comes along with a lot of these like nicer, high end, yeah. finger quote high end like barbershops or salons. Yep. It's like this like this desire for barbers to be like kind of pretentious. It's like a cool and, guy like, club, and it's I noticed that too. Right. In other like with all the other kind of keep using the the blood on the razor analogy, but I noticed that too with some of those shops. It was like all these cool guy biker one percenter guys that you know they're all acting like one percent are tough guys and i know them personally and they're soft as puppy shit and i'm just like yeah. like i noticed it there and i same as like what you just said with some of the other really high-end ones i'm i couldn't agree more i'm so just over humility is a huge thing for me and i'm so over the tough guy cool guy yeah like, dude i work in salons for me and brendan that works with us um we both worked in salons for probably like the first seven or eight nine years of our careers and yeah then they're done that, dude. I've done the root and tootin' hairstylist and the cocky, like it's how arrogant you are is like a, it's like better in that world. Right. Like how you attract clientele and it's just so tacky to me. Yeah, yeah I'm over. Like I'm so done with that. Like I, yeah. I like, like for me, I'm like, I want to feel the most myself too here. And yeah. so like, and I want my barbers to feel comfortable. It's been great like education wise like that's that's something that i'm like over the last year i think um i've become a little bit more passionate about like not yeah. just my education but like being educated yeah. um and growing and like not just being intimidated um by you know going to classes or 
Um, and just like, like, I don't know, I've seen so much growth, even just in my own haircuts over the last, you know, six months, which yeah. is just nuts. And it's been it's funny so like, when you own something, the quote ownership plays in like every facet, right? It's like, I don't know. There's been this like weight of like taking more ownership over my own education, my own haircuts, my own services, hospitality, like everything that I do light bulb moment was like, dude, you need to be like a hundred percent all the time, which right. is difficult to do obviously, but it's exhausting, yeah. but it's necessary. No, for sure. And I, th I think like going off of that too, like it's just an easy thing to, it's an easy industry to get content. Like, yeah. and I don't know, like can't speak for, for all industries, but like it is, it's just an, e it's an easy industry to get content because like, you're going to get to a point where you like, you're like, Hey, there's not many people that are doing this as good as me Yeah. at this point. Yeah. And I probably could get better, but I'm good like, enough. I don't need to. Yeah. And I think this is just an industry full of good enoughs yes. and like being okay with good enoughs. Yeah. And like, and just like, that's, that's kind of what I'm wanting to fight against. Um, yeah. And not just for me, but like for my barbers and like, I'm wanting yeah. to, I'm wanting to encourage them. Hey, like take photos of your haircuts. Yeah. Like, like take photos of your haircut so that you can like see you know, how far you've come and see yeah. improvement and like be encouraged by that. Because, you know, I was talking to a couple of barbers last night that like literally just started cutting hair last week um, in a professional setting after finishing school. And like, I was like, Hey, are you taking photos of your haircuts? And he's like, no. And I'm like, this is the time you need to be taking photos of your haircuts. And you don't need to be taking photos of your haircuts to post them. You need to be yeah. taking photos of your haircuts because you're going to get four years, five years down the road. And you're going to feel like you haven't grown at all. And you're going to feel like you're just like, like, just like stagnant in your growth. And like, you, you need to be encouraged by like how far you have come. Um, yeah. I mean, and I, so, yeah. I, yeah. We, I've always told people like, especially when I interview newer people and when we brought on our original team, it was all close friends and kind of told them the same as like, I, there's a lot of shops that I think want people to be complacent because they'll stay there forever kind of a thing. And I always told people, I want Rosemont to help push them to do whatever like the next step may be. Yeah. Rosemont's not the type of place. I don't want people that work there that just want to come in, be good enough, cut hair and go home. That's totally fine. There, I'm not shaming anybody that's like, hey man, I want to work in a neighborhood shop and just chop wigs and go home. Like, dude, that is a great living. Dude, for no, sure. yeah. no shame at all. That's there's nothing wrong with that. But for me personally, if I'm growing myself, growing Rosemont, growing all these other projects, and just growing my career and and trying all these different things, I don't expect everybody else on the team to do quite that much. But mm. I want to be to kind of have Rosemont be like a platform for them to reach their next whatever that may be. They want to open a shop. Maybe they want exactly. to open a barber school. Maybe they yeah, want to yeah. be just private educator maybe they want to start a product line what if they want to do editorial work and work on runways i like whatever their thing is it, it could be a career goal 20 years down the road it could be a career goal five years down the road but yeah. i want to be able to facilitate a space that like can help them get there and right. again if they want to work at rosemont the rest of their life fantastic but if they're like i want to work at rosemont but as you're creating this curriculum and this um, academy, I want to be a part of that one day. So like train me up, get me to be a good educator. I want to be a part of that. I want to be yeah. a senior barber one day. I want to be 
a manager one day, like whatever, like if they want to, I just want people to want growth. Yeah. So I guess my, I guess just going through my education is like, I'll just go through like what the weeks look like. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, um, it's 10 months. The way I have it scheduled is eight to one. Um, the first two months weren't, weren't any sort of like demo because I was just kind of going through theory most of the time. Um, and then like the hands-on practice with them is like, um, honestly, for a lot of the, the first month's class was like them just combing through hair and picking it up with their fingers with tension. Yeah. Um, because like I said, like a lot of these guys, these guys haven't even used their scissors. And yeah. so it's like, I want them to get to a point where it's like, Hey, this is how you, this is how you use the tooth, the, the, yeah. the parting tooth. And like, this is how you pull the hair up and like have tension and not just like be timid about it. And I'm like wanting them to just get comfortable yep. with, with that motion. Yeah. So what does you it know? look like? Are you, is it, you're working, are you working with obviously your team, but then it's people that are still in school as well. And like, is it like, are you charging them? Is it like a for-profit thing? Or is it, is it one of those, like, with the idea that they're going to work with you guys when they graduate or like, what's kind of yeah. the intent behind it? And then what's, obviously we'll get to it, but like, what's the structure of it? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, the barbers that Maria and Jordan here, like, I'll probably help them, have them help me. I think we want to do stuff together. Like I'll bring educators in to help to teach us. Like I brought Robert from Mailroom in to, to teach a course here for precision haircutting. And the goal is to continue to do that with them. But like with these guys that are in barber school, the goal is for them to work with us. So like the goal for us would be to hopefully open up another shop and like yeah. make room for more barbers. And, um, you know, as you build the brand, they, they'll hopefully they'll want to be a part of that. And so, you know, a lot of these guys have, they came to me before they even went to barber school and they're like, Hey, I want to be a barber. And like, I would yeah. love to be working for Zephyr. Like I love what it's doing or like, I love your, you know, your style of barbering or I love um, just the brand. And like, I want to go to barber school. What should I do? And like, so I really do. I, I presented them those two options. I'm like, Hey, you can either go to LSB yeah, or you can go to a school, local school. It's going to take you longer. It's going to take you a year. But in the middle of that, I'll help you. Like you yeah. can come shadow whenever you want. Yeah. And like I was, t- you know, I'll, I'm I'm creating like a, a curriculum to help yeah. you guys. And so the structure of that is I do a class once a month with them, and it's just a Saturday eight to one. Yeah. Um, at the it's the last Saturday of every month. And you guys are 10... open Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll come in on a Saturday morning, and we'll get started at eight, um, yep. and we'll finish at one, and every month is a new thing. And so, you know, and I just started this, I've only had two or three of them. And yeah. so like, and I'm just creating this curriculum based off of like what I've learned and like different, you know, stuff I've learned online or stuff yeah. I've learned from Robert or Charlie or, you know, videos I've seen. And like, so I'm just like shooting from the hip, a lot of it, you know, and it's yeah. like, I'm, you know, I, I, the first week we did like, Hey, this is how um how you have a consultation yeah um this is like how you this is like literally i'm going tool by tool and i'm showing you what i know about these tools yes and like i'm trying to like minimize your arsenal because the shot the the barber school you're in everybody wants to buy 15 clippers and have them all on their all on their their station when you only need you know one or two like maybe like i only use one clipper and one trimmer and like i'm all about just like keeping my station really minimal and clean yep. and like so i'm like walking through all, that first month class it was like hey this is how we're doing 
This is how the tools work. And I'm going to tell you, tell you guys everything you guys have learned, like keep that in mind, but also like, I want you guys to like, listen to me too. And yeah. like what I think about all this and like, just like act like you're coming into this with like open, you know, never, never knew a thing about barbering or yeah. cutting at all. And so like, that was first month consultation, like how you have a consultation, like type of questions to ask, like type of questions not to ask, what to avoid. Yeah. Um, and walking through that with them and walking through like, hey, these are like, what do you, you guys have any questions like on like, what if someone asked this or um, and then we'll, you know, do last this last month we did like hair theory. And that was just mm-hmm. like, this is what us like the, the three basic shapes of you know squares you know round triangle it's like pretty hilarious like i was gonna say hilarious but it's awesome it's like it follows ours almost identically like ours same like it was our first phase is called like introduction introduction to success and it's all kind of what you just mentioned as far as like your social media consultations um how to implement social media into like building a clientele building a clientele how retail sales help build client retention. We go through statistics on all of it. And just, again, it's like the business side. And then we go over the theory, right. which is, I wish I was going to bring the book with me so I wouldn't look like an idiot and not even know my own sections. But then I forgot it at work yesterday. Um, oh, you're all good. But uh, yeah, like yours is a lot more for like your barbers. And like, that yeah. would be the goal for me, right? But like right now I'm like, we're doing the opposite. Like, I think eventually we'll do a for-profit academy for people that graduate that yeah. they graduate and even with just really going no off knowledge of-, of cutting hair, right? They just know, or how to build a clientele. All they know is how to pass state board. And so, right. but for now, yes, we are definitely like only doing this with just our team and our new hires as we grow. And then when we have space to do it, when we have, you know, we'll tweak the book, take some stuff out that's like specific for Rosemont. Cause that is like all our employee handbook, like our standards and you know, all that yeah, stuff yeah. in it. It's got a bunch of like our services, how we do what, like what, we, like how we do our shaves, our Veda remedy facial, like how we do some of the things that we do specifically. But um, sounds yeah. like you're kind of doing the opposite. Like you're kind of getting people that are going through school that may or may not work with you. Whereas we're, so yeah, we're kind of like opposite who we're focusing on right now, but same idea. Well, yeah. And, and like for me, like the, the goal is for these people to work with me. Right. And yeah. so it's like, I don't have a full crew and like, so that's, that's the direction I'm heading with like, Hey, people are, I, I know if I, if I continue to build this brand, I think people are going to continue to want to come work. Yeah. Hopefully I have more people that are wanting to come work with me than, than leave. Yeah. And so with that, I'm like, how can I, how can I grow education for, you can get this back screen back how can I grow education for those people coming, um, coming in and like while they're in school, like the school is literally three streets over. It's like, Hey, just come here after and shadow. And, um, I'm wanting to grow, you know, myself as an educator and I'm wanting to grow Jordan and Maria as educators too. And so they can help, you know, because we, we just, we're going to be the resources for them as they're, yeah. they're growing and, and getting better. So we'll do that. And then, you know, this, this next month, it's going to be just like a basic haircut, right? It's going to be like, using a foreguard on the back and, and the sides and like doing a, um, you know, just a square shape on top, like yeah. a pretty basic clipper yep. haircut um, that is going to just serve them well to at least just get them, get their feet wet on like doing a full haircut. 
Um, yeah. you know, and that can adjust. Like, you know, maybe the next guy that comes in, it's like he's wanting that two back inside, just the very basic stuff. And then yeah. and then we'll go into like a one fade and like what the fading is and like doing a taper on the back and and then we'll go into a skin fade on how and like developing eyes and like developing what we're looking for and like you know where where we want to remove bulk where where we wanting to leave things long like and then we'll do some beard work um and then we'll do like longer haircut scissor cutting um and we'll we'll revisit like layering and like shape and all that at during that that class and so these next classes that we're going to have are going to be a lot more um a lot more hands on and they probably will take longer than 8 to 1 to be honest with you but it's like all day for hands on cuz like yeah I, we go over it. We look at our head sheets that are in the book. We go over what we're about to do. I'll demo it. You know, I demo it at the speed of like a normal haircut. It's hard, dude. You're it's like it seems easy when someone else does it in front of you and is showing you on paper what the head sheet and like the expanded shape looks like. And then the moment you dive into it, it's like, oh shit, I forgot everything. And so it's it takes us all day, which is fine. Right. You know, we have the time to do it. We're working on mannequins. They've got nowhere to be. We're gonna do model days, which we talk about in a little bit but the model days are the only ones that are a little bit more time sensitive because no one wants to sit there for more than three hours right <laughs> no. no yeah and that's kind of you know at the very like i, I said it's 10 months and so after that it's just going to be like hey you're bringing in models and yep. we're doing and we're doing full consultation haircut yeah like and we're applying these things and like even the last the last uh couple couple months before that too it's like Hey, if we're if we're gonna do a longer haircut and you have a someone that you want to use instead of your mannequin, like we'll be here to help you. Like we'll be yeah. here to, you know, before you decide to, you know, close those scissors, like we, we want to be there standing there and like, hey, like that's a good yes, that's a you got good tension there. Let's cut. Yeah. And like a lot of it's just like, hey, like, don't be afraid to cut hair. Like, yeah, stop being timid to cut hair. Yeah. Cutting hair and like learning how to cut hair well, a lot of it at the beginning is going to be learning how to fix your mistakes. Like yep. you're not going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect, but like learning how like learning how to see your mistakes and like yep. learning how to fix those mistakes is going to be a really really big part of yeah. your first deal. And so yeah, that's what something I harp on a lot is not only cross-checking often, but like what does it tell you? You know what I mean? Like right. A lot of them don't really know. And I'm like, okay, you see how it looks like a bow tie? And they're like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, it's because you're twisting your subsections. Yeah. Or you're cutting past your second knuckle and losing tension. Or it's like, you see how, <laughs> you know, we're, we're rounding with the head when we're doing this. But you see how you built this corner here? Yeah. It's like, because you didn't shift your hips. And so, again, so that when they are in those things, like you said, they're going to make mistakes. I still make mistakes, like, yeah. all the time. And For like, sure. But I know when to, I know where to catch them. I know where my spots are that I can, I tend to... Get, I, I have the ability to get lost in those areas just historically it's like those are my bugaboos my my crappy areas or whatever and I just know that about myself so I slow down in those areas I cross check those areas like twice as often I I know how to spot my mistakes and fix them and that's what I'm trying to like teach them spotting the mistakes is not a bad thing and I think you, you said before about people uh not being timid it's like people are so afraid to make those mistakes because once it's gone, it's gone. But it's like, not all of them are going to be like too short to fix. It's like, as yes. long as you're cross-checking every few subsections, if you're starting to cut into the shape a little and it was one subsection, you can recover from that. It's not that big of a deal. Now, if you right. if you don't cross-check and you do half a head like that, oh, you're screwed. So yeah. it's like, I just keep reinforcing like, like, hey, uh, I'm done with this section. I go, do you cross-check it? And they're like, 
yeah and then they're not cross-checking clean they're not cross-checking opposite of their section or, you know it's like all these like little other mechanical things and you know yeah it's a slow slow long and I'll, process and i'll say this like we we're talking about this like whole pretentious yeah you know we're really good at what we do thing and it's like yeah we want to be that way but like you want to you want to like realize that you're not that good like this is this is the sobering thing like this is the this is the thing like cutting on mannequins and like having someone else come and check your work yeah. like that's going to be the thing that's going to put you in your place of like hey i have work to do still and like i'm still not as good as i thought i was and i'm like i'm not just getting away with this anymore well, we went and to, it's like, when we went to uh portland last year we took their like i think it was a three-day those core shapes like the men's spire class and it, it's so different when someone you know comes by and like cross checks your work and you know they point out a flaw and you're like okay but it's like why not point out why it happened like and i think that's where like the the humility mm -hmm. and the grace goes like oh i have a problem with this area too and you're like that student's gonna be like what really yeah <laughs> and you're like yes it's you know, and this is how I always correct it is how we need to make sure like this is where we're looking what we're looking for when we cross check and our shape, etc. Um, it was funny because when we took that class with Kevin in um, London, he like cut his finger just a little bit, which everybody does all the time. But it was just funny because, you know, here I am and I admire him in so many ways. And I was like looking up to him and I was just like, oh, how even like the most perfect like not perfect but like somebody that's like i hold in high regard he's one of the few people i really 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 respect as an educator and everything he does and the fact that he just like bled i was like he's not perfect and yeah. it was just it was awesome because i was just it was just a reminder that like everybody isn't perfect mm -hmm. and i try to like you're kind of saying before it's like instilling that in people i think is super powerful if you can connect with them and make them not feel stupid for it and just be right. like no dude this is gonna take time like yeah dude this is mm -hmm. this is where you're making this mistake the next time you do it i want to see you like not do this again basically or let's correct it this is how we fix this and i don't know man it's there's not a lot of that kind of going on sometimes I and mean, maybe it's because some hands-on classes with private companies are like too short you know you don't get enough time for that or there's like 15 people and one educator and so yeah and the educators just like me. showing off <laughs> dude i mean i'm not gonna name names <laughs> at all but like i have run into that and a lot in my you know i've taken bajillions of classes through the years and those are the ones i get nothing out of and yeah i think that's why you know i took kevin's class when he went to la and he did his class at uh julius's place uh all hail in downtown la took three class and before that, I'd like watch Kevin's videos that, you know, his video academy and it was like, awesome. And then when I saw his three day and I took his three day class in LA, I was just like, dude, this dude like knows how to educate. And I've had this conversation with Matt and Jesse and Austin about educators. There's just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a big difference in people that know how to educate and just people showing off talent. Yeah. And there's a lot of people showing off talent on Instagram that do not know how to get people to retain information and that's yeah it's disappointing yeah yeah that's something i mean like i've just even like robert at mailroom like i you were explaining how when you know someone has a 
you know, the, you cross-checked it and like, hey, this is why you did that. Yeah. Like was when Robert was coming around, he was explaining that. And I'm like, I'm like watching him explain, hey, this is probably why you did that wrong. Yeah. And like, let me actually let me let me watch you do that real quick. Okay, this is it. And yeah. I'm like, and it, it reminds me so much of like growing up and like taking hitting lessons from like yeah. this guy named Richard Rich. That like he could see your he could see your swing and see where you hit the ball and like knew exactly like hey like you like your hands were I don't know what like your hips were were, were too far ahead or something and like I remember just how like amazing I thought that was and I, I feel that same way about people like like Robert has been and like how Charlie was like just like being able to see and like call out things and like also just like be like very humble and like practice yeah. humility in the middle of that like yeah. and so yeah these classes from like these companies that like they'll put on these educators and like they're just showing off like what they you know and they're not really explaining things they're just like all right well, i'm gonna cut this and this yeah. and voila it's like okay thanks i just like came to your your show um I, and i think we live in like a you know youtube generation too so it's yeah. like most people that we know that learn know how to cut hair they learn from watching people on YouTube. Yeah. And like myself included, like I've learned so much by just watching people and mimicking what I'm seeing, yeah. but I had no effing clue why what, or what, yeah, why I'm doing what I'm doing until this, like this literally over the last year, yeah. I've like actually like started to learn. Okay. Like, you know, when you're pulling hair up right there and like, that's actually creating a, a a square layer you know yeah. like you know like you're not just taking that corner out like you're actually rounding out and making more of a rounded shape you know it's like yeah. you know that's why you're leaving that heavier there behind the ear like because it's square like it, you don't you don't need to cut that you don't need to connect though you know it's like exactly <laughs> that's creating this shape and so like layering versus graduation you know versus you know just, just like elevation yeah, yeah all these so things important. That like were just a word in my milady book, you know, yes. like that I didn't give a crap about because I was doing fades yeah. all day. It's like, yeah. hey, did you know that a fade is just it's just a graduation? I'm yeah. like, oh my goodness. And so like just learning all that, I'm like, I'm getting super excited now. Um, but it's like I, I have to recognize like most of these people, they're really good at what they do, but they have no effing clue like why they're doing it. Yeah, people skip and ahead, you know. Everyone wants to look at the fancy stuff that some of the big people and companies and educators are doing out there, which is fantastic. But you need to learn how to like walk before you jump. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, or what a, before you leave, whatever the phrase is. And it's so true with, you know, hairdressing and barbering. Yeah, I know you want to get to like these crazy, you know, Euro fade mullet with the, you know, all of this stuff. But like, that's putting together like three or four different shape principles in one haircut and let's just work on one let's yeah. get you to understand how to create graduation a few different ways right let's work on layering and what parts of the head we want to layer for certain effects and how we layer what our elevation looks like all these things then it's like just those foundation stuff people i feel like skip by and those are the things with looking at on youtube you might see a video on some of the fundamentals but again if you're learning the fundamentals incorrectly because that person on YouTube isn't there to be like, hey, you're over-directing. You see that you're dropping your subsection? Look in the mirror. Use your mirror. Is it 90 from the head? See how you're dropping it? No, but we're not going to create what we're trying to. So people start to learn bad habits. And I, I know a lot of barbers that are newer to it. 
that have lived in this YouTube era that have done that and done kind of like what you did at first was kind of like look at YouTube as a, a an education resource. When I first started cutting hair, this guy came in with long hair and like just wanted a one length haircut yeah. trim. And I freaking like, okay, well, I just saw this on YouTube, like this layering and you know, all this, and I'm going to, I'm going to go for it, you know? Yeah. And this, I mean, the review bro that I got <laughs> was like, I don't, I could probably mess up someone's haircut tomorrow and accidentally, you know, and I'll never get as bad of a, of a review on Google as this guy <clears throat> gave. He didn't say my name very gracefully, but like, or more so mercy than grace. But <laughs> I mean, it was like, you know, worst haircut I've ever gotten on earth. Like, Ugh. And yeah. like, I've, you know, so, but I, I knew it though. Like yeah. the thing, it, it hurt me because I knew that I was like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Yeah. And I was just trying to like fake it. And so like, I realized like, dude, faking it till you make it can only go so far. Well, you don't want to feel like that ever again. It's, it's one of those things like, I mean, you can use that analogy for almost anything in life, but it's when you're in that moment, you're like, I feel terrible. Do yeah. I want do I like how I feel right now? No, no. <laughs> and you're like, well, why don't I put the effort and it might be hard. It might be stressful. It might take time. It might take discipline, but over the course of time, if I can get myself to a place where I feel this feeling less and less and less, and then eventually hopefully never again, it benefits them and it benefits so me. Why would I? So it's just putting in the effort, you know, you yeah. can't fake it till you make it forever. wanting to hold people accountable in a lot of ways and you're wanting to encourage people and like and also like people represent your brand and represent yeah. your shop and like but also like understand that hey people like are gonna mess up and like people yeah. are gonna like they're gonna fail you and like something you're talking a little bit about um with you know your barbers and like wanting to encourage them and like your job is really to like get them and help them to the next step whatever that step might might be that's like such that's so good for me to hear and like i think it's really encouraging as well to hear that from you because it's like that's so true like that is that is exactly our job is like is to be a like a helper of of yeah. sort to to our barbers and to people who decide that um or who we decide we want to like welcome into this family you know it's like man i only i have four chairs in here like yeah it's got to be an, it's got to be an intimate setting between yeah. us four like it's got to be it, it can't just they're not just renting like a chair and running their own business and like we don't talk and like yeah. it's not just a business like transaction between them and them and me and like so it's like i and i think that's been really helpful probably for you and for me as both like people who have worked in other shops before and like had different owners and like you know, there's things from owners that we liked and things that we didn't yes. like. And like, and like, so we've been able to be barbers and like understand from that perspective. And like, I think for me right now, like I'm trying to do that transition of like thinking like a barber to thinking like an owner. And like, yeah. so that's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm trying to, you know, and that's what's been so helpful with Austin around. It's like, he's able to like, kind of call me out <laughs> on things and like be able to kind of hold me accountable. And it's like, Hey, like you're thinking like a barber, like, Hey, we need to start transitioning to like thinking like an owner and thinking about the shop too. Um, because I'm, I'm easily going to be on the side of like 
thinking more and more and more yeah. about the barber and being a barber and like what's going to be best for them rather than me. And like, I think that's good. I think it's good to, to fall more on that side. Um, so I think I'm in the middle of that transition of like learning how to think like an owner. And I think it's, I think it's going well, but I, I just like constantly just want to like lead with grace and humility 100%. here. And like, you know, it's like, I can't hold, I can't hold barbers accountable for things that I'm not doing myself. Exactly. It's a delicate um, balance. It's like, I have that problem. I mean, I think it's, it's just hard for owners. I think it's something that you don't really know is going to be a challenge when you're starting. And then, right. Because I have this problem where I, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think I communicate my expectations. I personally think I do, but I think other people don't think I do. And I catch myself sometimes because I think, duh, how do you not get this? Like, mm -hmm. look at, look at the shop around you. Why does that behavior or that action or this or that, why do you think that that's okay in a space that looks like this? And again, how do I expect somebody just because leading by example isn't everything, right? It's, it's, it's something, right? But then you need to communicate. You lead by example as well as communicate. And I think that's kind of where I can uh, sometimes drop the ball on vocalizing what the expectations are i think it's a it's a bit of a challenge not a challenge for me but it's, it's the harder part of all of it leading by example is a little easier for me naturally i think it's vocalizing the expectations right is kind of tricky um but like you said with grace and humility i mean i think if they as long as people show the effort and i think it's like one thing at a time you know like we're working with somebody right now on um just their consultations, which we went through in our curriculum, and we're just kind of reinforcing some of that stuff. And I was like, you know, I was talking to Brendan about it a little bit, and I was like, you know, I want, you know, our newer guy to like chat and like do these things, but with a uh, just like one thing at a time. I think it's harder to to start a new uh, practice or skill and like not and just be like perfect at it right away, right? There's there's many steps to it. So it's like one thing at a time, focus on this one part of it for the whole day. And the next yeah. day, add this next part with that part, because again, it's impossible just to do all of it. Um, yeah. And I, I think like I catch myself too. It's like, I'm, I'm like doing some of these classes and like consultation was like, um, we did a whole thing about consultation last month's class. And like, I was telling them, Hey, like when we do our consultation, like we don't put the cape on them. Like, mm -hmm. We do our consultation without the cape yep. and like, I'm like saying all these things, but now I'm like, I catch myself now. Like if they're in, the, if they're in the shop, like on a non-education day for them and they're just shadowing, mm -hmm. I'm like, I catch myself doing things that I told them not to do. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's because I've, it's because I just, I just default to this, like comfortable, like this comfortable, yeah. like I'm, Routine. and it's like, no. And so I, I find myself like when they're in here just shadowing, like I'm almost like trying to be like educating yourself almost, yes. right? You're like, right. Wait, Which what is, am I doing wrong? And so now you almost just kind of like just do it. Right. They're holding me accountable in a sense of them just being here. Yeah. It makes and you better. So I, I do right. And it, it's insane. At the end of the day, yeah, it just makes me better. And so, you know, and like I, I, I told them that like in the middle of teaching, I'm like, hey guys, like this is something that I'm working on right now myself. Yeah. And like this is something that I'm like, yeah, like I'm I'm teaching you guys in this in this education course right now, but like this isn't because I like know it and like I'm like doing it every moment at every time and like I'm I've perfected it. I've actually not 
perfected it and I'm actually like actually struggling with it right now. Yeah. And I think like like anything, teaching people how to do something is gonna is gonna you're you're essentially like reinforcing and reteaching yourself that as well. And so I've really enjoyed that the the self self growth and like the um of teaching. Um and like something even with the like barbers like it's like Robert from Mailroom um he and his wife and and me and my wife Abby we all got dinner together and he was like telling me about his barbers and he was like look like when I have a new barber like I tell them hey like this is either going to end with you deciding to leave or quitting or me firing you yeah and I want you to know like I want I want to I want you to know that like I desire for when that happens for the, for us to still be friends and like still and yeah. so it's like you were talking about that. It's like, hey, like my job isn't to keep people here forever. Like yeah. that's not the goal. Like my job is to like empower them. Yes. And like, and if I do my job correctly, hopefully, you know, granted, if they have the desire, like, hey, I don't want to be an owner. Like, I'm comfortable where I'm at, like location and like my community, and like I don't have a desire to to go and take out a loan, you know, and yeah. open up my own shop and stuff like that. Like. If if that's the if yeah then great if they if that's what they want to do but like if I'm doing my job correctly I am preparing them for you know running their own shop and and like being educators themselves and being able to help those around them like and if they get to that point I can't be upset that they're like wanting to move on it's like I, I that was my goal and so like I'm I'm encouraging my barbers it's like hey like. I want to encourage you, like one day you might decide that you want to open up your own shop or one day you want to be educating people. And it's like, I want to help you get there. And like for me to be able to help you get there, I need to be, you know, not pouring from an empty cup into you guys. Like I need to be getting filled by people who I can be learning from. Exactly. So like my goal is like, I want to go, I want to go and go to Glassbox and like work with Peter Gosling over there. Like I want to go work, you know, I want to go up to go to the UK. Like I want to like, exactly. You know, take a course at Sassoon or take a course, you know, with Menspire, like just like digging my feet into this, you know, precision haircutting world of like educators. Like I took that Charlie Gray course, like a three day Charlie Gray course uh-huh. with um in South Carolina. And like, that was so big for me. Like, yeah. And just, but, but seeing like Charlie Gray and like, you know, we all went out and got drinks and like, just like, he's so humble in that. And like, he talks about, and like, just the fact that like, I'm hearing Charlie Gray, like, tell me my haircut looks good. And like, it's beautiful. You know, he would say like, I'm like, that's like, that's so encouraging for me for, for someone from that, at at that caliber to like, be able to be hands-on with me. And like that, that taught me so much more than just like the actual cutting hair, but like. Yeah. his demeanor and like the way he carries himself and his dedication um well i think like the going back to like learning what to do and not to do based on old owners or managers and stuff like that it's funny cuz now when we're in this position where we don't have an owner we are the owner right mm-hmm. it's it's like how do you continue to learn with there's nobody to learn from in that regard like the good and the bad we are now that position but it's funny because it's like it's these type of conversations. It's these type of like what they call it, networking or whatever. But even just your conversation with Charlie, like <clears throat> like you just said, you got more almost out of it. Out of I mean, the haircutting part was fantastic, but it's like almost just like the human connection. Like you learned a lot from that. Right. And it's right. It's kind of like there's a lot of people that get in the ownership role and then they don't 
go past and be like, okay, well, I've learned what not to do based on these people. I've learned what to do from these people. Now what? Again, going back to staying stagnant. Are you going to stay stagnant? Or are you going to have conversations with your peers and learn from them and continue that? Because most of the time, like, if you do a haircutting class or something like that, yes, you learn a lot. But it's the interaction. It's like what you had with Charlie that, honestly, I'm the same way. Like, I gain more from that almost. And it, you can apply that to business. You can apply that to haircutting. You can apply that to service. You can apply it to anything, right? And most of the time, people are like, oh, what inspires you? I'm like, just traveling. Like, a hotel yeah. lobby can inspire me. It's not always Whoa. hair. <laughs> Brendan, Brendan's the same way. He's like, that's so true. People, yeah. people ask him all the time, like, oh, do you like, like, we took that trip to London and did a class with Kevin Lutchman. He's like, you know, a lot of Brendan's clients were asking him, like, oh, what did you, what exactly did you learn? And they want us to give him some technical terms that they're not going to understand anyway. And, yeah, exactly. you know, there's a, unbelievable class but it was more you know they're like what inspired did you go over there for inspiration and it's like yes we were inspired but it wasn't necessarily like the class that inspired us in general like it did like we all left very inspired kevin's an unbelievable haircutter an unbelievable educator but it was just like being around design being around history being around all of those things the people that can bring that into the industry and keep them inspired, I think are the ones that have the most longevity because we know how this industry can be just regurgitating things over and over and over. It's like, how do you bring something new and fresh and finding inspiration in, in unique places is, I don't know. It's kind of yeah. necessary, right? But right. I was gonna and also- I, And I think the action of just like going, like I think that yeah. like, I think that alone, like if you had just gone out there just to get inspired and like you didn't learn a thing like- new from cutting hair like there's you still come back like encouraged and like refreshed to want to like grow you know and it's like i think that alone is just the action of deciding to hey we're gonna go take a course together yeah like and it was you said it was you and another guy like it was me isaiah and brendan all of our senior barbers yeah it's like that bonding right there is like that you guys are going to a different country yeah you know together for the sake of like you know, being educated, I think alone is like, is such a, uh, um, an asset, I think. So, yeah. well, and I wanted to go back to really quick when you were talking about like expectations, it was kind of, I had it written down and took a note because it was, it was kind of funny when we were talking about like our expectations of our people. And then it was almost like you segued into like their expectations of us with the education. You kind of humbly were like, this is kind of new for me and I'm still figuring this out in mm. some ways. And Yes, I think it's funny, like the grace and the humility of ex our expectations of people that work with us or for us. Uh, it's 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 a relationship, right? Because how I can't even count how many times I've asked for their maybe not forgiveness, but just like their grace and their patience with me as I grow things and like learn everything that I do as an owner. I'm sure same with you. It's like everything that we do is like the first time we're doing it, right? Mm -hmm. Most yeah. of the time. And so you're going to trip up. No one's going to do it perfect right out of the gate. And so I try to like, obviously exceed the expectations as their superior or manager owner, whatever you want to consider it all the time. But I know that's not going to be the case. I know that they're going to screw up and not literally be perfect hundred percent of the time too. And I think that's where the grace comes in and the humility comes in because I may have expectations of them. And they have expectations of me. And as much as I try my absolute 110% effort every day, exceed those. 
mm-hmm. there are days, dude, that we just don't have it or we screw something yeah. up, you know, right. and as long as you obviously try to fix it and, you know, make the best out of it. But um, that was like a good point that we almost touched on, but didn't. And yeah, I, I no, wanted to circle back point. to it. No, for sure. For sure. I think, I think it's even just making a practice of like asking, like you're saying, like, Hey, can you just like, can I please have your patience with this? Or like, because that's kind of like level the playing field of like, Hey, like I'm not coming at you from like a a higher level. Like I am. Yes. It's like, so I, I think, I think asking for, for grace and asking for patience, like, and like recognizing like, Hey, this is a relationship. And like, I'm not, you know, I hate like the word owner honestly just has like a, you know, it has, it has a weird, weird feeling I know, right? when I say it. So yeah. it's like, and especially people who like Rick Jordan, who I, who work, work with here, it's like, he and I were like working together, Yeah, you know, and like at a different shop. And like, now I'm like the owner of the shop he works at. And it's like, there is this like weird, you know, but it's like, for me, like, I don't really see it that way. I'm like, Hey, like, we're yeah. just, we're the same place we were before, but like, now I just, now I own this shop and like, yeah, like I have, you know, equity in this place. And like, I want this place to thrive. And like, you know, I have to, I'm going to hold you accountable on certain things, but like at the end of the day, dude, like you're my brother. And like, yeah, like we're like really good friends. I think that's really part of the hard part about some of the expectations and disciplinary stuff is like, you are friends. And there's been times where I've had to like literally sit people down and be like, Hey, I'm not friend Derek right now. I am like owner of this shop, Derek. Yeah. So like we need to keep that separate in this conversation and then we can come back to friend and like combine them. But right now I have to say these things and we have to go over these things. And right. this is like just kind of creating that expectations on a, a, a tough conversation or disciplinary conversation that we need to have. Cause it's right. hard. It's like, yeah, that's going around hard. The shop all day. And then, then, you know, you're like, Hey, I need to you know, talk to you for a sec. And then it's like, all serious and they're like whoa they're like blindsided by it and most people get like uh they close down almost combative like yeah it's not a good conversation because they're blindsided and so it's like easier to be like hey forget like me as a human being like the friend side of things like this is like the business side of things we got to get down and like figure it out yeah that that little uh like figuring out how to do that well is like it's an art going to be, it's going to be a challenge for a long time for me. And I'm like, you know, and that's what I was talking about with like Austin saying like, Hey, like you need to learn how to be an owner now and not just be a barber. And like, because for me, like I'm already like so conflict diverse and like, yeah, it's so hard for me to like, even just like bring things up that I'm like, yeah. You know, wanting to correct or, you know, like the only thing um, I procrastinate on is like, yeah, those conversations. But what that, what, that leads to is passivity and like that's what i don't need and like that's where you know that's where that's where stuff really just gets a lot more messy is when you let let things become gray areas and like and i've been you know i've been in situations you know and not just barbershops but like even just like coffee shops or like grocery stores where like the the person who's my manager or owner is like passive and like and it's because they're trying to be like they're trying to be friend at all times cool and what, what that yeah exactly and that leads to like a lot of gray areas that i'm just like okay so where is the line drawn because yeah. there has to be a line drawn like there has to be and that needs to be clear up front and so yeah. like when i have new barbers 
and that's something that Abby, my wife's been helping me out with too. Like when I first, cause I was like, Oh, I mean, you know, I guess if it gets to a point, you know, where that's how I'm natural. Like, I guess if it gets to a point where it's like a problem, then I'll say something. Yeah. But then like, that's not helpful for need for any of us because no. for him, you almost get crippled for, by it. It like, it, right. It, when it gets to that point, it's almost hard to talk about because then you bring a lot of emotion into it and it's right. less black and white. Here are the problems. This is how we fix it. It's like, and it's hard. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, it's hard to have those conversations and not bring the emotion in the tone of my voice when, um, or in my face, expect, you know, my facial expressions right. when it gets to that point. And so, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then for, for them, it's like, I haven't had any of these problems yet with Maria or Jordan, but like, like I mean, just thinking ahead, I'm like for, for them and like, even for me in situations before where it's like, wait a minute. So this is, you're you're now you're bringing this up and it's like the same thing with like any relationship it's like okay like wait a minute you've been upset about this or this has been a thing for this for how long now and you have you're just bringing it up and so i think it's so important you know like to have um like just clear like hey these are the expectations yeah these are like the things like these are the um like uh i don't know i don't want to say rules but like you know, the things that I expect from, from barbers here and like, yeah. and so that they have that reference and they know where the line is drawn. Because for me, like, I know I, I operate better when I know where, where, where I can, you know, what I can do, what I can't do instead yes. of just like tiptoeing around on eggshells. Exactly. Yep. And like, you know, and that was a big thing with like days off, um, yeah. you know, and it's like, you know, technically with like 1099 contractors, you can't necessarily like, you know, just like limit people's days off if they're not your employees, but like you can have expectations and like, yeah. Uh, um, and so like at first I was like, oh, I don't want to limit anybody's days off. And then it was like, well, like we need to have a number there because, yeah. you know, we've seen that, you know, we've seen no limit, you know, kind of taken advantage of or like, so like that, I'm like, okay, well, I just need to at least put some sort of number of like what I'm asking them to like limit their days off and when they're out of the shop. And like, that's something I've heard from so many, like, t- I mean, we were 10 a.m. when we first opened and I got rid of that because of some of these problems. And then as, and just for a lot of other reasons, I wanted to obviously offer health insurance and all these other cool things, take care of people. But that was just something that I noticed that was like, it was hard because as a 1099, you can't really tell them what to do at all. So if you have a dress code, days off, like you can tell them expectations, but then at the end of the day, there's no, right. They could just be like, yes, yeah, screw you. And then what's next? And then you just like, let them go. Then, right. then what? It just, so I don't know. I, I kind of changed my tune as we started growing. And then there was all of this investment into the barbers and our future, especially with the curriculum and stuff like that. It's like, how do I not get burned? How do I not lose a bunch of my time and money on people? And how do I not get taken advantage of? Because I want to build them up. We talked about it before. I want to build them up. But like, also, it's a relationship. And I don't want to be taken fully advantage of either. Right? Right. We're going to lift each other up. We're going to help each other. 